here we are in the wake of a Game 6 loss, the NBA Finals. And bringing this episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk is going to be quite difficult. As you can see already by the introduction, I am not my chippy self. Welcome you to today's episode, which I, I will get to. Just give me a few moments here. It's a tough one. It's really, really tough. I didn't foresee this happening, this collapse. Uh, obviously, I'll talk about it later. And I know at the beginning of the series, I predicted the Warriors in five, but not once did I think that was actually going to happen. The Warriors in six, pretty damn close. Um, this one stings. This one really stings. I saw a tweet earlier today uh, when I was eating breakfast that within the last two years, two opposing teams celebrated the championship on your court. Obviously, Game 6, the NBA Finals, where the Warriors defeat the Celtics, winning the series. And then a couple years ago, the Boston Bruins losing to the St. Louis Blues in Game 7 of the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, it's, listen, last four years, uh, Boston teams have made it to the end game, right? Patriots, the end of the 2018, but the Super Bowl was played in 2019. Uh, I get, actually, no, the Red Sox before that in the 2018 World Series. Then the Patriots, Super Bowl was played in 2019. The Bruins, obviously, Stanley Cup uh, in June of 2019. And now the Celtics here in 2022. Obviously, I would rather make it here to the big game, the big dance, and lose than not get there at all. Because at least if you're there, you have a shot. You have a chance. And I really thought that the Celtics were going to win game six on home, on home court, in front of their fans, Enforce a game seven back at Golden State. I get it. In hostile environment and hostile territory. I get it. But at least you'd have a chance. The Heat forced game, uh, game seven against you in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they were pretty damn close with their chance to make it to the NBA Finals. Bruins won game six of uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. In St. Louis, forcing Game 7, giving themselves a chance. Home ice, home crowd, won the game before. They gave themselves a chance. It's tough. It's tough. I saw someone else tweet also this morning that, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you go ahead, Murph's Card Town on Twitter. But I also saw someone tweet that, this loss isn't as bad as 2010 when they lost to the Lakers in six, uh, seven games, but it's damn close. Now, I, I'm still going to say that that one's probably worse just because you had an aging group of veterans who already got one, but if they could get one more and really solidify themselves as goats as legends not just celtics but just in the nba in the nba they're 
you know, known as that, Pierce, Allen, and Garnett. But it really put them on a, on another step up on the pedestal that they could win too. And, of course, it was against the Lakers, your arch rival, Kobe getting another ring. So it's it's tough. That was tough. But then again, you fast forward 12 years. You haven't been there in 12 years. You're starved for finals. And here you are after going through KD, Kyrie, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and last but not least, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Would have been a hell of a run. And it absolutely leaves a stinging pain in all of us. Now, I know a lot of people predicted the Celtics to win in five, six, seven games. Again, I had the Warriors in five, but I didn't want I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that to be true. And listen, well deserved to the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, even Draymond Green, all those guys. Absolute, you know, crazy series. It was exciting. It was enjoying on a lot of different levels. Frustrating, yes. But well-deserved Steph Curry. Fourth NBA Finals Championship. Finally got his NBA Finals MVP. And I don't know if I've mentioned this here on the podcast uh, last week. But I've been mentioning it around the shop. And that is, if Steph Curry won his fourth NBA Finals. And if he was able to win an NBA Finals MVP. That vaults him. That propels him into top five of all time discussion. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Steph Curry is top five of all time. You know, you could, but I'm not going to. But it puts him in that discussion. Now, there's 10 to 15 players that you could argue are top five players of all time. Jordan, LeBron, uh, Magic, Bird, Wilt, Kareem, Bill Russell... Shaq, Tim Duncan, I mean, that's just nine right there. Steph Curry, Kobe, I mean, we're at 11 now. And I, you have a case for all of them. You have a case for all of them. And, of course, I'm missing a few guys. But you see my point. And, like I said, it, it doesn't guarantee that he's top five of all time. But he's in that discussion. And... As a, as a fan of basketball, although I'm not a fan of the NBA as much as I once was, it's pretty awesome to see right before our eyes a, a legend in the making over the past several years, a goat in the making over the last several years. Obviously, he broke the three-point record earlier this year, and now he's arguably a top-five player of all time. Again, arguably, not going to say he is. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch. It really is. As much as this stings as a Celtics fan, but as a basketball fan, it's really awesome to watch. We saw the ascension. We saw the struggles and you know, trials and tribulation with LeBron James when he was with Cleveland in his first year with Miami. And then he wins a couple, comes back to Cleveland, wins another. Like, we're seeing that progression over time. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Now, obviously, LeBron's getting older. He's starting to slow down, deteriorate a little bit. But he's still a freak of nature, freak athlete. Arguably top play, best player of all time, arguably. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But this really stings, though. I mean, 
holy smokes, this really stings. Um, and if you guys have made it this far into this sad, depressing intro, I really appreciate it. And let's just get into the intro. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 147 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And thank you so much for joining me today. It is a very depressive episode that we have upon us. And hopefully we can just kind of bang out one sad, depressive episode here of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And then come next week, we can talk about something else. Uh, maybe, pr- probably just baseball, honestly. I mean, I don't know how we're going to fill an hour episode of just baseball, but we're going to have to try, right? I mean, obviously, we can have some exiting Celtics uh, takes then. Bruins, yeah, we'll just figure that out later. And then, uh, obviously, Patriots minicamp's coming up. Uh, so, or training camp, I should say. So I guess we can kind of talk about that as well. But today is going to be all Celtics. (sighs) Jeez, this this, this really stings. I mean, you you see the team at 14 and 17, and you're like, these guys suck. We're supposed to root for these guys, and these guys are supposed to be playoff contenders. Then it gets to 20 and 21, and then they change it and turn it completely around. Finishing with a miraculous year. What was it? 53 wins, I think it was. Uh, Hold on. I I didn't get standing. It was 51 wins. Finished with 51 wins. Still pretty damn good. Um, And then again, to beat KD, to beat Kyrie, to beat Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and then you're oh so close to beating Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Oh so close. And you fell short. And listen, from, in a vacuum, great season. You made a tremendous... Anyone that makes it to the NBA Finals, you know, excellent season. You just ran out of gas. But I've said this countless times on this podcast. The city of Boston has championship aspirations. So if it's not a championship, it's a failure. An absolute failure. And I believe that. I still do believe that. But if you look at the season as a whole, from the beginning of the season into where you were, to where you ended up, yes, the season was a success, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you 14 and 17, 20 and 21. And then you're able to march yourself all the way, you know, cruising in the regular season, the second half, cruising in the first round, battled game seven against Giannis and the Bucks, battled game seven against Jimmy Butler and the Heat, and you battled all the way to game six against the Warriors, who won the NBA championship. You lost to the champions, right? But, and it's, it's all great. And it was a fun season to watch. It was frustrating plenty of times, but it was enjoyable. Obviously, we're sports fans. We're going to have to live and die with good and the bad, the good times, the bad times, great moments, the upsetting moments, the good play, the frustrating play, and all that. And I'm not going to take anything away from this team with how they were able to turn the season around. Again, looking at the whole season. Turn around on the brink of being just a colossal failing season where no one was going to watch a dribble of a ball. For the Celtics 
to rallying the whole city of Boston and New England to root for these guys and to cheer for these guys and to be with them every game of the way since the playoffs started. It was special. It was special. We, like I said, we haven't had this in 12 years, an NBA Finals appearance. That's a long time. And it's been even longer since we won. But if you're looking at it from a short-term window, you were up one game to nothing. You were up two games to nothing. I'm sorry, two games to one, excuse me. Two games to one. And you go out and lose the next three in a row to lose the series. On your home court, two of them on your home court, game four and game six. That's tough. I said I said last time, if you're up one nothing, you can't lose the next three or four games. Simple as that. I'm sorry, you can't lose the next four or five games. Nope, four or six games. My goodness, where's my math? You can't lose the next four or six games. Okay. Okay, they lose one, they win the next one. Okay, you're up 2-1 now. Now you can't lose the next three or four games. Now you can't lose the next three or four games. And what did they do? They lost the next three in a row. That's the fr- So from a short-term perspective, from a short window, you, lost. you failed. You failed. You collapsed. You blew it. You had a colossal, failing, collapsing end to your season. Now listen, there, there's. I was trying to be nice, realistic, and full season perspective, right? I was. And I congratulated them, and I was fair. But I'm not going to sit here and do that this whole podcast episode. I'm not going to. Because I've said this before, and if you've been into the shop and you're listening, you know I've been saying this over and over and over again. At the time, you were up one nothing. You can't lose the next four or six games. You're up two to one in the NBA Finals, right? Well, before that, you're up one nothing. You stole home court back. Now you don't have to win on the road if you don't want to. You can lose game two. You can win game three, four, and six in your champions. All on your home court. Whereas the Warriors would have to go out and win a game on the road if they want to steal home court back and have any chance to win the NBA Finals. Just a fact. Okay, they win. Uh, they lose game two. The Warriors win game two. Celtics now win game three. Okay, now we're up 2-1. Again, you don't have to win on the road if you don't want to. Just take care of business on home court, and you'll, you'll win the NBA championship. There was a time where they were projected... 86%, I think it was after game game two or game one, or game two or game three, they were 86%. Now, after game three, that would make a little bit of sense being up two to one. Again, don't lose the next three or four games in your champions. Shouldn't be that hard. What do, you, what do they do? They lose the next three or four games. They lose the next three in a row, let alone three or four. And if we look at it from that perspective... Again, what an absolute colossal failure. It's just like, what are we doing? What are we doing if we have that kind of collapse, that kind of failure? 
and we have nothing to show for it except our best player scoring 13 points in a do-or-die game six. 13? I, I like the seven assists, sure, but come on. Jason Tatum, man. I mean, listen, he's going to get a ton of criticism, a ton of hate, a ton of blame for this collapse. And he should. And he should, and he will. But the frustrating piece of it is you were up two games to one and you disappeared countless times. The whole offense disappeared. Jalen Brown showed out. He had 34 points, three assists, and seven rebounds in 44 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and blame Jalen Brown at all for this loss, except missed free throws, which everyone is to blame for that, missed free throws, and turning the ball over, which... Everybody, specifically the whole team, is prone to that and should be giving blame and guilt for that. Besides Jalen Brown's 34, you got 19 from Al Horford, 13 from Jason Tatum, 10 from Rob Williams. I expect 10 points from Rob Williams. 9 from Marcus Smart, 2 from Derek White, and 3 from Grant Williams. Where was the explosion that we saw in Game 1? Where was the explosion we saw in Game uh, seven against the Bucks from this team. Nowhere. This team failed themselves. This team as a whole failed themselves. Now listen, I like a lot of the players on this team. Obviously, I like Tatum, Horford, Williams, Brown, Smart, White. Love those guys. And Derek White. But this team got nothing from their bench, their depth, their role. Uh, the role players, excuse me. Like Grant Williams exploded in Game Seven against the Milwaukee Bucks. He had like 27 what points, all from threes. Had like uh, tied the record for like threes in a in a playoff game or something like that, or in Celtics history at least. I forget what the stat was. He he hasn't showed up ever since. Peyton Pritchard nowhere to be found. Uh, Derek White exploded in the Heat series, but besides that, he was an absolute zero. And, the, you know, the guys like Stauskas, Neesmith, uh, Juwan Morgan, Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, I don't expect anything from. But can we get, like, one more guy to give us a pulse? Because you have Derek White, you got Grant Williams, you got Peyton Pritchard, which are three bench guys. Oh, um, Daniel Tice. But can we get something? We need veteran leadership. Al Horford is that veteran guy. Yes. But he hasn't won a championship. You need veteran pedigree on your team look at the Warriors they're full of veteran winning pedigree uh Draymond Green obviously Clay Thompson obviously Steph Curry obviously Andre Iguodala obviously Gary Payton the second his dad won Andrew Wiggins his dad won there's a ton of veteran pedigree championship pedigree on that team and you have nothing and I think that significantly was a was a, a a contributing factor to why the Warriors were able to win and why the Celtics were able to lose. Because if you have a veteran in that locker room, he can speak to the guys like, you know, hey, da-da-da-da-da, you know, this is what we should be doing. This is how you got to focus. We're down right now. But listen, just attack, stop, bucket, stop, bucket. But I, I guess you have the coaching, and Ime Udoka has been a pretty successful assistant coach in his tenure. And, you know, being on the Spurs bench, with Greg Popovich when they won a few titles early in the 2010s. But they need to figure it out. They need veteran leadership. 
on this team outside of Al Horford and I guess outside of Marcus Smart as well. But he's been just as far as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been as well. Because before Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got here, Marcus Smart wasn't doing anything really. You know, when he was with, you know, the Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley teams. He had a couple nice little deep runs. But besides that, no championship pedigree. This team needs a true point guard who can take care of the ball. I don't care if they're in the 30s. They say this all the time. Every team needs a Chris Paul type player. A player that can be a floor general, an extension of the coach, who can give you 25 points if needed, you know, a night here and there. You play a little bit of defense, or at least used to be able to play some defense. Veteran guy. Yeah, I know Chris Paul doesn't have any, you know, championship pedigree that I'm saying, but you can get that championship pedigree from a bench guy, whether it's like a Richard Jefferson from the Cavaliers or Andre Iguodala on the Warriors or a P.J. Tucker with the Heat this past year. A guy like that is what they need. Uh, Udonis Haslam even with the Heat as well. I mean, that's what they need. Because, yeah, Marcus Smart is a guard. Yeah, cool. Jalen Brown's a guard. Okay. And I guess Marcus Smart was a true point guard in college. And then he and he's you know trying to mold him to like a shooting guard. Now he's back to being more of a point guard. But this whole team is prone to these damn turnovers. It's terrible. It's disgusting. It's awful. And that's what killed them night in and night out. 18, 18, 16, 18, 22, 24 turnovers. Time and time and time again. That's what killed them. Because those turnovers are 18, 18, 16, 22, and uh, what, tw- uh, 20 extra, 24 possessions? Extra possessions for the other team. I mean, I just know in game uh, game five it was, you missed seven free throws, and you had, what, 18 turnovers? You cut those turnovers in half, and you make more than half of those free throws, and you probably win that game. You probably could have won this game, too, if you didn't have so many damn turnovers. They're trying way too hard, and they're thinking about it way too in-depth. Way too much. Love the effort. Love trying to be special and make these big plays. But that's where a true point guard and a championship pedigree-type player comes into play is to help slow it down, help calm it down. Because, listen, they would have beat the Heat in six games if it wasn't for turnovers. They would have beat the Warriors in game four, five, and six if it wasn't for turnovers. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the Warriors here. I'm just trying to put it in perspective. That would... They had so many extra possessions that resulted in twos and threes and foul shots for the Warriors. Cut that out. Cut that out. This team has a lot to rebuild. It has a lot to retool on. It has a great foundation and a great core, yes. But you need help. This team needs to figure it out. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Listen. Ime Udoka had a fantastic rookie season as a coach. Tremendous. 
And I think he was really able to get to the players on a deeper level than Brad Stevens was. He was able to unlock certain things in these players that we didn't know were there. It's tough. It's tough. And I, I want to keep ranting and ranting and ranting about the Celtics team. But it comes down to just a couple of things. Hit your free throws. Don't turn the ball over. And I, I hate to say it, but Jason Tatum. Listen, he was all NBA this season for a reason. Low-key bars. He was all NBA this season for a reason. Oh. <laughs> but he disappeared in the finals, dude. He disappeared. Now, hopefully this can be a a learning curve, a you know, teaching moment for this kid that he needs to go out and drop 25 every night, at least 25 every single night in the playoffs. Doesn't matter who's on your team or what's going on. You drop 25 points and that's it. At least 25 points. He disappeared. He disappeared in game one, but he had 13 assists. Okay, we kind of gave him a little buy on that. He disappeared in multiple other games too. Without the high assist numbers. He disappeared in game six, but he had seven assists. But that doesn't it doesn't matter. That doesn't count your backs against the wall. You, Jason Tatum, who wants to or has been deemed a up-and-coming budding superstar, a top five talent in this league, can't put up 13 points. You can't. <sighs> Listen, I know he's young. He's 24 years old. I know. I get it. He'll learn. I mean, Curry didn't win until he's 26. LeBron didn't win until he was 20-something. KD didn't win until he was 20-something. Like, I get it. Jordan didn't win until he was 20-something. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if the Celtics were able to win, I think we're these guys, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford, would all be looked at differently if they're able to win. And you know what? Maybe they lose in Game 7. Maybe if you just win Game 6 and you lose in Game 7, we could be still sitting here having a different conversation in some retrospect. Tatum goes off in Game 6. He's duking it out with Curry in Game 7. It's just they got the upper hand because they have that championship veteran pedigree. Whereas the Celtics, they just don't. And that could have been the driving difference. I would still look at the season as a total failure. Because you were up one nothing and 2-1, to one, and you just didn't have to lose the next four or six games and the next three or four games, and you did, again, I view that as still a failure. I'm very upset with the Celtics team. As much as I'm very happy that we were able to get the season that we got, I'm still beyond upset with this team because of all the reasons that I've already mentioned. This team was better than what we... We're, we're shown in the NBA Finals. This team has played better, was better, and is better than what we saw in the NBA Finals. All six games, eh, with the exception... Actually, no, I'll include Game 1, the game that they won very nicely. Because Tatum sucked <laughs> in that game. Bug. Like a fly, uh, gnat or something just flying around. I really do think the Celtics will be back next year. It's so hard, so hard to do it again, or at least to get there again. You know, LeBron made it to, what, eight straight NBA Finals? I mean, that's just unworldly. Bill Russell made it to, what, uh, 11 Finals in 13 years? That's just unworldly. 
But Tatum, Brown, Smart, they're not Bill Russell. They're not LeBron. It's it's not going to be easy. I mean, they're not even Steph Curry. You know, Curry made it there for five, uh, seven of the last nine years, was it? Yeah, he made it there like seven of the last nine years or whatever it was. Or five of the last seven years. I forget what the statistic was. It's hard. It's a long, long season. And I have confidence that the Celtics can get there again. But all these other teams, you know, that fell short, whether it was the Heat or the Bucks, maybe the Nets, the 76ers, all these teams in the East, I don't care about the West, I'm just talking about the East right now, are going to retool, refocus, regroup, and build their roster for the 2023 season. In the 2023 NBA Finals run. And you have to do the same thing, but more. Okay, last year you shipped out Kemba Walker and brought in Al Horford. At the trade deadline, you brought in Derek White. What's your next move? What's your next play? I'm hearing Bradley Beal linked a lot. That would be great, but what are you giving up for him? You don't. Uh, your first-round pick, I've, I don't even know if they have one this year, isn't going to be good. <laughs> And you've gotten some diamonds in the rough. Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. Like, you've gotten some nice guys in the rough. But you need more. You clearly need more. You need help. You need veteran championship experience. Veteran championship pedigree. (sighs) This loss for the Celtics is tough. It's very difficult. Again, I'd rather make it here and lose than not be here at all. But the way this team collapsed, in my opinion, is inexcusable. In my opinion, it's inexcusable. You were up one nothing, 2-1, to one, and you lost three straight. And before last night, the Boston Celtics franchise has never lost three straight NBA Finals. Final games. Never. Guess what? They did last night. And it was the 2018, I believe it was, Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavaliers and LeBron, where they were up two games to nothing on their way to an NBA Finals appearance possibly that year, right? And they were like 40-0. and This franchise was 40-0, and went up two games to nothing. And guess what? They lost the next two. They won game five. And they lost the next two. So, some gut-wrenching losses the past few years, for sure. Series losses, for sure. And there is an article. I want to get a sip of water before I read this article. But this article I found on ESPN just came out at 4 in the morning, 3.56 a.m. This dude writing a killer article. Let me get cozy again. All right, I just got to get readjusted here. Um, it's a little bit of a lengthy one. I'm going to try to you know read as fast as I can, but obviously I don't want to stutter or miss some words because I'm prone to that. But Tim Bontemps, Bontemps, I hope I'm saying that right, but Tim from ESPN at 3.56 in the morning published this article titled, Boston Celtics hope pain of NBA finals loss propels us forward. Now, I hope so too. But it's only going to depend and matter on what 
Tatum's response is to this loss, what Brown's response is, Smart's response is to this loss. But let me read the article. In the wake of their season-ending loss to the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night in Game 6 of the NBA Finals at TD Garden, the message from the Boston Celtics was that the future is bright and that this loss was, in their eyes, just the beginning. Quote, it's definitely... It definitely is tough, Marcus Smart said of Boston's 103-90 loss to the Golden State Warriors, quote, but it's definitely one of those things that we've been through hell to get here, and you take that. You know what I'm saying? We get used to it. We got to use that. Quote, it's going to be tough. That's what I know for myself. I'm viewing it and looking at all of this shit we had to get through to get here just to even get to the situation to have an opportunity, end quote. The Celtics, who had won their first three elimination games in these playoffs to get to this point, were unable to make that happen a fourth time Thursday as their series-long issues offensively once again reared their head. For all the attention paid to Finals MVP Stephen Curry, Boston held the Warriors in and around the low 100s in scoring each game of this series. But, as Jason Tatum said, it was Boston's poise on the offensive end that repeatedly failed the Celtics as they committed one turnover after another. The Celtics had another 22 turnovers in Game 6, while Tatum, who finished with an NBA record 100 giveaways in this postseason, the most ever by a player in a single playoffs, had five of them alone. 100 turnovers. Listen, I understand you play, what, 7, 14, 20, 24 playoff games, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, your stats are gonna kind of get inflated, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, turnovers. Like, holy crap, 100 turnovers in 24 games. Sheesh. Um, in the game's opening minutes, it looked like Boston would be in business. The Celtics came out flying at both ends, running crisp offense and harassing the Warriors defensively. That allowed Boston to jump out to a 14 2 lead four minutes in, sending the TD Garden crowd into a frenzy and advancing the possibility. This series could be headed back to San Francisco. But then the Warriors responded and responded and responded. Minutes ticked by and Golden State kept scoring. Boston kept turning the ball over. By the end of the first quarter, the Warriors had taken the lead. One Golden State would never give back. That advantage ballooned to 15 at halftime. And while the Celtics fought valiantly in the second half, they never truly threatened to come back. I think it was at worst 21 or 22 points the deficit was. And I think... Uh, it eventually got to like nine, I think was the best that it ever got back to. Quote, this is tough, getting to this point and not accomplishing what we wanted to, said Tatum, who hardly spoke about above a whisper during his stint at the podium after his latest rough game in this series, finishing with 13 points on six for 18 shooting in 40 minutes. Quote, it hurts. You know, we all could have done things better. I feel like I could have done a lot of things better. But, you know, like we said, we competed, we tried all season, all playoffs, end quote. Now, for me personally, great little quote, whatever. And, yes, it's a team game. You know, team takes responsibility for everything. But if you want to be the superstar of this team and you want to be the guy, you have to take responsibility. I love it. I love it. I love it when players take responsibility. Like Chris Sale, when he sucks – when he go, like, goes out on the mound and he sucks in like th- four innings, whatever, and gets shelled for five runs, he's like, he always says, like, I fucking sucked. Like, I got to be better. You know, my fastball was slow. My slider was flat. I sucked. Like, I love when players take responsibility. And I think Tatum, 
you know, again, I get it. The Boston Celtics mentality this year was team, team, team. But I really would have liked it if he took more responsibility there. All right. Um, where are we? Trying, though, wasn't enough to solve the puzzles Golden State presented this Boston team. The Celtics were able to overcome the problems they gave themselves from a turnover and execution standpoint against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference semifinals and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference finals. The Warriors, however, were a different story. As Curry and Golden State's experienced roster threw one look after another at Boston throughout this series and the Celtics, Tatum in particular, struggled to adjust. And as Boston began a long as Boston begins a long offseason of wondering what might have been, particularly after rough collapses in the fourth quarters of winnable games in both game four and five, and after finishing the postseason with a dismal six and six record at T D Garden. Coach Celtics coach Ime Odoka, who was on the San Antonio Spurs coaching staff when they lost to the Miami Heat in seven games in twenty thirteen, said this loss will linger for some time. Now you were playing in winnable games in games four and five all the way down to the wire. Game four was at home. Game six was on the road. You just had to take one of them. Just one of them. And you're up three to two. Obviously, the Warriors win this game. Three, three. Anything can happen in game seven, right? But the thing that just sucks the most is you battle your ass off all season long to get the highest seed possible, to get home court in all these series against the the Nets, against the Bucks, And, I mean, if the Heat were in the in, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, you would have had home court against whoever else. But you go 6-6 six and six at the Garden, and two of those wins came in the first round when you swept the Nets. So you won a total of four home games against the Bucks, the Heat, and the Warriors. Oh, that is atrociously terrible. Atrociously terrible. Like, I understand. It was a great story that the Celtic road dogs can go out on the road and win. They're better on the road. And that would have served them great in Game 5 and Game 7 once the series got tied 2-2. Oh, it's just disgraceful because you play for home court. Your role players, your bench players always play better on home court. I've said this countless times. I said at the beginning of the playoffs. Oh, man. Quote, it's going to hurt. It will hurt for a while. Probably that stuff never goes away. I've lost one before. The uh, End quote. Quote, that was part of the message. Let it propel us forward. The experience, growth, and progress that we made this season. Obviously, getting to your ultimate goal and fall a few games short is going to hurt. There are a lot of guys in there that are very emotional right now. End quote. One of them was clearly Tatum, who looked like he didn't want to speak for most of his post-game news conference, but another was big man Robert Williams III, who bounced back from the knee pain that has dogged him for most of the playoffs to be Boston's most impactful player in this series. Quote, it didn't stop hurting, he said, when asked when he will begin moving on from this loss. Quote, honestly, it never stops hurting until we're back in this position again, starting with the beginning of the season. End quote. Quote, just got to be better, man. Got to be better. Everyone got to take a step up, add a little intensity to everything we're doing, but it never stops hurting, end quote. Still, much of the Celtics said after this one is that the future is quite bright in Boston. All eight of the team's top players, top rotation players are under contract for next season, and of them, only Al Horford is older than 27. 
After a slow start to the year that saw Boston sitting 23-24 and 24 in late January, the Celtics completely flipped the script going 28-7 and 7 to end the year and then going through superstars Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler, the latter two in seven-game series to make it this far. Now, before I finish the article, I want to ask you guys, and you can comment down below on YouTube if this is where you're watching, or reach out to me via social media, at Murph's Cardtown. Do you think the Celtics were worn down? They played a crisp, cool four-game series against the Nets, which obviously is the minimum. But you have a seven-game physical series against the Bucs, a seven-game physical series against the the Heat, and then your you know six-game series, again, physical series against the Warriors, where you're paying so much attention to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Did the Celtics just get worn down? Did the Celtics just lose it? They just ran out of gas. They never made it this far before. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals before, yeah, but they never made it any further playing additional games. Did they wear down? Reach out to me via social media at Cartown or comment down below here if you're listening to this on YouTube because I'm definitely curious what your opinion and take is on the Celtics. Ultimately, though, the combination of Curry and the veteran moxie and experience on this stage for the Warriors was too much for Boston to overcome. Now, this Celtics, uh, the Celtics will head into the summer thinking about what might have been and excited about where this franchise is headed after making it to the NBA Finals for the first time in 12 years. Quote, the future is bright, Jalen Brown said. I always look at adversity as opportunity to shape as an individual. For whatever reason, it wasn't our time. That means we still got a lot to learn. Personally, I still got a lot to learn. End quote. Quote, for me, it's always about growth, continuing to get better, continuing to find different ways to lead. That's what it's about. The future is bright. I'm excited to get back to next year, end quote. And that is the article that I wanted to share with you guys. A very, very, I guess, humbling response for the Celtics. Um, also, you know, they admitted failure. They admitted defeat. But again... We are here in Boston. We live in Boston, New England, some capacity. It doesn't matter if you're admitting defeat, you know, and you're looking to the future, being bright and all that stuff. We want championships. That's what it's all about. And you blew it. You absolutely blew it. And again, I don't want to point fingers and I don't want to say, you know, blame you, boo-hoo, this and that. But it's a tough one to swallow as a whole team. And this team is only going to go as far as Jason Tatum takes them with how the roster is currently constructed. Obviously, we have a long offseason ahead of us. Different moves could be taking place. But Tatum wasn't there for the Celtics. And the Celtics faulted and failed. I don't want to pin this on Jason Tatum. I'm not trying to. But he does deserve a lot of the blame here. I mean, it's just the way it is. If you want to be the guy for the team and you want to be regarded as one of the league's best, you have to do better than what you gave us. You do. You have to be better than that. And I'm hey, listen, I've seen Tatum take leaps and bounds and strides throughout his career. I think he I think 
he'll be better. I do. I think he'll get better. But again, it's not just Tatum, it's the team as well. And this team has a long offseason ahead of them, in front of them. And I'm I'm excited to see what, what's to come. I can't wait to see what you know players come back or what players leave, what players come in, who gets drafted. I'm very, very excited. And the NBA draft, I believe, is on damn Thursday night. I mean, we have a quick little turnaround time. If there was a Game 7, that would have been on Sunday, the 19th, on Father's Day. And then you would have had three full days off and then the NBA draft. Like, holy smokes, the NBA just wants to turn it around real fast. But, um... But yeah, I'm very excited to see what the Celtics are able to do with the draft, with free agency, and just moving forward in the offseason. I have a lot of hope and faith that the Celtics will be able to make it back to this position in some capacity. Um, But hopefully this time next year we can talk about the Celtics winning instead of having a depressive episode about them losing. But again, that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I know it was a kind of a Debbie Downer episode, a very frustrated, depressive, sad episode here of Merth Boston Sports Talk. But again, understandably so. Not every episode is going to be very chippy and exciting, especially where you live in a very aggressive, passionate, dedicated fan base uh, such as Boston, right? The Boston, New England area, you know. If I had Merv's Boston Sports Talk when the Bruins lost a couple years ago, it would have been the same damn thing. If I had the podcast when the Patriots lost to the Eagles uh, a few years ago in Super Bowl 52, it would have been the same damn thing. So hopefully this time next year we could talk, be talking about both of those teams, uh, Celtics and the Bruins winning the championship. Patriots, that would be nice too. And the Red Sox, they're playing much better as of late. And I'm excited to be talking about Red Sox moving forward. But again, that is going to do it for today's episode. I really appreciate you clicking on this video. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please make sure you comment, like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more awesome content. If you're listening to this episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying episode number 147 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I greatly appreciate the love and support. But again, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's so tough to to kind of walk away from an episode like this with just how the season unfolded and such. But come next week, we can talk about the draft. We could talk about the Red Sox, maybe a little Patriots. I have no idea, but I am excited for next week's episode as upset, frustrated, sad and depressed as I am leaving today's episode. But that's going to do it for this one. I'll catch you guys in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.